welcome to a new season of Farm to Table Podcast KE. I am really excited to present season four. And for the first guest of this season, we have Dora Momani, who is the founder of IPOP and Nutritious Agriculture Network Kenya. And I'll give her a chance to introduce herself. Welcome, Dora. Thank you, Wamboy. So I'm Dora Momani, and I am a, a master's graduate in food science and nutrition. And that is where uh, uh, the dream of Nutritious Agriculture Network and, of course, IPOP Africa started mm-hmm. through my research, through my research work, okay. where I was working on um, indigenous crops from Kitui and Kibuthi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's me. Okay, um, you mentioned IPOP. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so IPOP Africa is a startup. It's a climate smart startup um, organization that is basically working towards uh, bringing back the glory of traditional grains. You know, traditional mm-hmm. grains like sorghum and millet mm-hmm. have often been used in making porridge or making ugali if you're mm-hmm. lucky to come from yeah a household that makes ugali so um, we thought how else then can we use sorghum and millet mm-hmm. because these crops are nutritious they have an extra nutritional benefit yeah then we find this technology that can basically pop you know like popcorn but now you eat pops Mm-hmm. from sorghum and millet and any other grain you're interested in. So that was the beginning of IPOP Africa. Mm-hmm. And so we are trying to venture into the healthy snacking market. You know, consumers' snacking patterns especially are changing because of the increase in uncommunicable diseases. So consumers yeah. are looking for healthy alternatives that are plant-based, mm-hmm that are not over-processed or ultra-processed. So what yeah. we give them is a whole grain product mm-hmm. that is made locally. You know, mm-hmm. now also consumers care about uh, food miles or eco-friendly purchasing. Mm-hmm. And so we fulfill their quest by giving them a locally made product. Mm-hmm. That is nutritious. That is oil free. Again, the technology we use in popping allows you to make an oil free product. Okay. And then to compensate for the nutrients we lose during production process, we do a food to food fortification. Basically, that is adding a whole, a whole, a whole uh, food, like mm-hmm. maybe adding nuts or seeds. Okay. Chia seeds, we're talking of ground nuts, mm-hmm. cashew nuts. In, into our um, pop products and then of course uh, eating healthy is not just does not mean you need to eat ugly food <laughs> that right. is not tasty mm-hmm. so we flavor our products with honey mm-hmm. and of course a range of spices mm-hmm. uh, natural spices again uh, like cinnamon ginger mm-hmm. lemon so we are exploring different spices that meet our um, prefer our food preferences and tastes that's what ipop africa does wow that's quite nice um so you so the products that you have are like popcorn but it's, instead of corn it's like millet and sorghum yes ah are they are they available locally 
Uh, they are available locally. Mm-hmm. If you if you call us, we will definitely. Uh, if you make an order, we will deliver the order to you. Okay. But now we are in the process of going into the mainstream market. They're not. They're not yet in supermarkets and right. the, the big healthy shops. So mm-hmm. we are in the in the process of yeah putting them in the mainstream market. Okay, I wish you all the best with that. It sounds like something that mm. will definitely stand out because it's true. People are looking to snack healthier. Like nowadays, I'm seeing um snacks like peas like peas that are Mm -hmm. dried and more people are actually preparing that or like the matoke crisps so i'm sure sure that will definitely like it comes at a good time your product yeah yeah so tell us also about nan yeah nan so nan is basically nutritious agriculture network Mm -hmm. and um as the name suggests is we are trying to find uh, a nexus uh-huh. between nutrition and agriculture you know for a long time right. nutrition has worked alone mm-hmm. agriculture has worked alone the policies in agriculture alone policies in nutrition alone yeah. but the, the the result has always been yeah. for example agriculture working alone we have food mm-hmm. probably sometimes a lot of food quantity we have quantity but we don't have quality yeah. so we still find we have food but a large population is malnourished mm. <laughs> or stakeholders in nutrition are struggling to solve malnutrition in a community which basically grows only maize so there yeah. was a need there is even now a need to link or yeah to link nutrition and agriculture so mm-hmm. that is what we uh, we do linking nutrition and agriculture bringing people in nutrition agriculture and of course now uh <coughs> climate change mm-hmm. and people in food stakeholders around food systems together to sit and dialogue or we teach we create awareness on mm-hmm. capacity build young people on why we need to integrate or to link all these things why we need uh, for example, if you're coming up with a startup like IPOP Africa, mm-hmm. then where does nutrition come in and agriculture and repairing our broken food systems and climate change for for you to achieve, basically to achieve the whole thing about sustainability. You know, yeah. you need the social, the economic, the environment. So, mm. But there's a missing link mm-hmm. and that is what we're trying to create with Nutritious Agriculture Network. Right, and that's wow. I'm I'm so as I'm hearing you talk, I'm just thinking about, for example, how mm-hmm. in Kenya they have we have so many, a lot of the people in rural areas are farmers, and mm-hmm. they are also the most poor people, and yeah. their children are the people who have malnutrition basically, like mm-hmm. the people who are you find a lot of people who are farmers. But their families and their children are malnourished. Whereas yeah. all they would need to do is to link their whatever it is that they're growing, make sure that it's mm-hmm. also nutritious so that they can be able to feed mm-hmm. themselves, not just to fill the stomach, but also to get the nutrients. Absolutely. Yeah, so there's really such a need for nutrition and agriculture to be linked. So, can you tell us a bit more about how did you? 
have you always been interested in nutrition and agriculture or did how did you get into this field uh, yeah so <clears throat> growing up every every child's dream was to do medicine <laughs> my dream or engineering <laughs> or engineering yeah and my my parents badly wanted Mm-hmm. Then after I didn't achieve my GPA, that mm-hmm. time it was called job to enter university. My parents yeah. were like, "We can still uh, try to pay your parallel fee," mm-hmm. <laughs> but whoever convinced them that I can can do something else, and then mm-hmm. I, I landed on food science and nutrition in JQuart. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that is, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but. But one thing I have always done as a as a student was to read to, yeah. to, to bookworm. <laughs> so I was I was a bookwormer and uh-huh. did nothing else apart from bookworming, which was a very wrong move actually. Mm-hmm. So after, uh, but then I I developed interest in in that time when I'm doing my undergraduate in agriculture and in nutrition, especially mm-hmm. in food production and of okay. course human nutrition mm-hmm. then again still under my parents you know <laughs> protection mm-hmm. and they are like no you have to do your masters as soon as you finish your undergraduate mm-hmm. I, I wonder where my my principals were at that time but <laughs> yeah again I, I i had to enroll for a master's program in the uh-huh. same university right but until that point i cannot say i lived I lived a, a life that cared about nutrition beyond books or agriculture beyond books. Ah. And yeah, until I, until after my first year in masters, then I got an internship in mm-hmm. Japan. Mm-hmm. And here I'm supposed to do to analyze chemicals that are used in the field. Mm-hmm. And then I get exposure, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, you can do more than just reading books. Yeah. I, you can actually apply what you're doing. So, and then I I land on a very good research project, mm-hmm. which is working on food security or nutritional security mm-hmm. in a marginalized agricultural a- area in, in Kenya. That is Kitui. Mm. And of course, if you go there, the sorry state of malnutrition or poverty. Yeah. And. Uh, and climate, the effects of climate. By that time, that time, I didn't even care about climate change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then, um, then I get, I get some exposure, mm-hmm. and and now I want to implement this nutrition stuff and agriculture stuff. And today, I'm very passionate about even growing my own crop, my own mm-hmm. vegetables in mm-hmm. in a vegetable garden. So I can say it was a journey. It's not like I was born doing agriculture, I was born doing nutrition. Right. It has grown over time, mm-hmm. more specifically because of the exposure I have I have gotten over time. Mm. And of course the need then exposure makes mm-hmm. you see a need. And the the quest to fulfill the need then today I can say I'm very passionate about nutrition and agriculture. Yeah. That's that's also nice because I think I, I always say on this podcast, necessity is the mother of invention. So I'm sure right. like you, you joined the, the field and then once you saw what the challenge was, 
this now you now you became interested in you know finding solutions which i can relate to that also because i have almost that okay my, my my journey is different because i always knew that i wanted to be in agriculture and to like i've always been passionate about it but i didn't know like exactly where do i fit so i started mm-hmm. i started like first i did my first internship at a farm and i realized no that's not that's not it's not fitting I, i'm not fitting in here then i went into research and I, I i did the lab work thing and i was like um i'm still not fitting in with the lab work thing and then now i found my mm-hmm. voice in in sharing information and especially for people who are doing innovation you know because there's a lot that's being done mm-hmm. innovative things and the people that need that information they are unaware and to be honest even me i was quite unaware of some things until i started this podcast and i've learned on the journey as mm-hmm. i've been trying to also educate other people so i can really relate to also your story yeah that's you also doing an amazing work actually the biggest gap when it comes to trying to feed the whole population is mm-hmm. information it is. you don't know really mm-hmm. it is Mm-hmm. Yeah cuz for me then I I used to meet people so for me when I did my I did my undergrad in University mm-hmm. of Nairobi in horticulture mm-hmm. and then once I finished I started now working at Jaquat as a research assistant and that's when I got so interested in research because with research it's like in your mind when you hear research you think that you're finding solutions immediately you know you think like you can quickly find a solution to something but that's not the case because mm-hmm. there's a lot of information in research yes but the translation to actual real life solutions is very low the uptake is very low that's true that's true i can i totally agree because my view of research was also mm-hmm. uh you know do my research finish graduate do my publications and put them out there mm-hmm. and that is it <laughs> yeah me and too. so <laughs> yeah this week we are attending the um, zitech innovation week and one thing that has come up from the conversations people are, are trying to have is mm-hmm. there's a lot a lot in the university shelves there's too much brain too much yeah. innovation yeah. too much um, there, there's a lot of technologies written in university shelves but mm. there is no link between university and you know uh, people who are trying to culture startups mm. so that an innovation doesn't end at the university mm. and these 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 innovations are actually solutions that private sector needs or the society needs but they don't yeah. even get access yeah that's so true and and to be honest i think it also a part of science i feel like science has some part to blame because with science you you use the biggest word the most complex ways to to relay your message mm-hmm. and so you get you lose a lot of people there in the midst of that because if you if, if you if you can package the information in a way that a farmer in let's say like if your county will understand then you know what what's really mm-hmm. the benefit of the work that you're doing that's true yeah so i feel like we for me now that's when i started the podcast because there's a lot of information that's 
out there that is not being able to reach the people that need it the most and so i try to make this podcast into a gallery of information you know it's like a library if you want to find out about financing agricultural startups you can come here if you want to find out about you know your your, your organization ipop or nan you can come here and you'll find out more about it so that's kind of the point mm-hmm. of this podcast can you tell us a bit about i'm sure you've been doing this for quite a while now how long have you been doing this yeah like two years now two years okay so Mm -hmm. can you tell us a bit about some of your success stories like what have you the thing that you've been able to change that you know as an as your organization you've been able to change and successfully yeah so i think uh some of my success stories i uh, I will definitely say some personal success stories Mm -hmm. and success stories as an organization yeah so i can say as an organization when we were starting i didn't think i can create employment mm-hmm. so when um when you support young people and i work with just a few young people mm-hmm. uh, when you support them in terms of creating employment that, that gives you some kind of satisfaction that you really you know Right. I think sometimes the 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 thing with entrepreneurs is the is the satisfaction you get eventually after implementing mm-hmm. all your big yeah. Right. And yeah. And also employment uh, for the youth at at production level and I can say also at farm level for the farmers that we we bring on board to suppliers with them with the grains that we use in production a few farmers again but mm-hmm. the story the story uh, becomes different and they also they're also able to influence other people around them differently because people don't care about growing sorghum and millet by the way but once you go and purchase sorghum and millet from somebody then uh, then uh, the, the friends or the neighbors are like hmm, yeah we can grow sorghum as well yeah. you go find us market and that is the hardest thing to do when mm-hmm. in this you're finding markets but step by step mm-hmm. yeah and, and of course uh the, the entrepreneurship story i think if, if you sit down and listen to the problems entrepreneurs go through yeah. it's it's crazy so i can say uh sustaining the business or pushing the business mm-hmm. um dream since the time i thought about you know doing doing business or forming the, the organization up to now it has not been easy but the fact that it is existing it yeah. still exists is, <laughs> is quite a success story i yeah. hope it won't die at the third year because that is when most startups are tired and they're like i'm not even breaking even uh-huh. so what, what am i even doing here so i hope i can really keep on going uh-huh. And I, I can also say that IPOP Africa has put me in places where I couldn't, I couldn't even with my master's, you know, certificate, I couldn't go to. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I have gotten opportunities to sit in big panels, which you never thought you could, you could even sit there to just talk and right. exchange, yeah, and and think together. Mm-hmm. 
also it has exposed us to some funding opportunities mm-hmm. uh yeah opportunities you couldn't even get as a master's student or mm-hmm. as a master's graduate yeah and can we just even a bit of a digression but can we talk about how mm-hmm. like um science science like you're saying you can be at a master's level because i also have a master's degree you're at a master's mm-hmm. level but it really doesn't like there are no rewards in the way that you would think that you would have rewards like you know you would be mm-hmm. of value but mm-hmm. i don't know whether it's a it's a kenyan issue or maybe i don't know what <laughs> level of issue it is but there's a lot of people who have high degrees of education and especially in science that are really you know the rewards are not there i don't know why mm-hmm. yeah 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 it's yeah. such a sad such a sad ending because even even your parents after mm-hmm. educating you they're like i mean they're, they're very sure you're going to the corporate uh, mm-hmm. food world as yeah. a food scientist mm-hmm. you finished your phd and then they are wondering i mean you can't apply for a job in in the university of nairobi and you're like i wish you knew if you knew what you're talking about right <laughs> yeah but i think it's time um it's time we we give a, a new value to science and mm-hmm. even uh, graduates in science but again it's um it's another thing that me and you at least have thought mm, you know we can we can do something else yes. as we wait for this other mm. big opportunities so that that knowledge i can say like for me you know there's some i have friends who regret even stepping in the masters class mm-hmm. especially when there no there is no monetary return yeah you don't even know why you stepped into a nutrition class so yeah entrepreneurship is yeah so with the knowledge that we are i think one thing we should also do is go back to the university and mm-hmm. and tell uh, you know students that you can be pursuing your undergraduate mm-hmm. and then even transition to masters but what what you're gaining here is um, is a lot of knowledge that you need to implement as as a startup or as an yeah. employee as an an entrepreneur because the number of jobs that that are available mm. cannot employ all of us even if we are scaling up in um in academia yeah so it's a it's a thing a niche that uh, that you are already trying to mm-hmm. to feel that you can teach guys you know you don't have to wait for that white collar job but you can start doing something with the, a lot of knowledge that you're already gaining as a yeah. graduate and postgraduate student that's true like i think i think what needs to shift is just the mindset that you're not going to go to school and come out and get a job like that shouldn't be yes you you may desire those things because i mean not everyone is fortunate enough to be able to start a a startup or anything but i think it's important to tell them that that may not happen and it's important for you to start thinking outside of the box from the beginning not just like now you're done now you're starting to think outside the box start to think outside the mm-hmm. box from the beginning ask yourself what else can i do even as you're hoping for that big corporate job but also yeah. like just have something else in the back of your mind that's true
tune in next time for part two of my conversation with dora and as usual if you would like to be a future guest of the podcast or if you would like a more personalized conversation feel free to reach out to me at farm to table pod at gmail.com or on social media at farm to table podcast ke on instagram or farm to table podcast on twitter till next time